Welcome to the Protectors Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Piccolo. Hey, I'd like to welcome to the show, Michael Broderick. How are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you are in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, that's correct. Around that area. Yeah, I'm on the East Coast, so a little bit little bit different on the time change. Yeah, I know. I pushed you I pushed you late tonight. I hope you're, uh, no, hope you're this still is, awake. No, it's great. At least it's a Friday <laughs> night, so this is awesome. Good, man. Good. So I've been following you for a while now on social media. I've been watching your career and I just, it was funny because I, I picked back up on True Detective this season nice. and I kind of skipped last one. And I saw, I'm like, wow, there he is right there. Yeah, it's funny, really, man. it's really cool. So yeah. let's, uh, you know, the show is mostly just going to be, you know, about us talking. Cool. So why don't we, why don't we backtrack back to the nineties? I noticed that you're also a New Jersey guy. Yep. I grew up in Jersey. I was born in Booton which was right outside of New York City and grew up by the Poconos. So uh, okay, where were you at? Uh, I was born in Teaneck, which is also up North Jersey. Okay. And I lived in Mawa, which is up uh, right up against Suffern, New York, at the top of the state, uh, until uh, third grade. And then after third grade, I moved down the shore. So I uh, basically grew up down in Spring Lake, down by Asbury Park. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly where that's at. I, uh, late, later on, when I came back to Jersey in the uh, late 2000s, well, like around 2008, 2009, I was in Swedesboro, which is right outside of Philly. So, okay, there you go. Not Cross that far. Not that far. Yeah. So, what what brought you to leave Jersey and go into the Marines? Was that kind of like your life calling, saying, "Hey, you know what? I want to be a Marine." Uh, you know, it's I've told this story before, but it, you know, it's worth repeating, I guess, because this is how it happened. I mean, I was. Uh, uh, I didn't really know what I was going to do. You know, I knew I wanted to be an actor or at least, you know, get into enter- entertainment somehow. Uh, but I wasn't really on track for college, let's say, because I was kind of lazy. Um, but uh, uh, I was watching a, a Yankee game at home one time, and it was one of the games where they showed uh, the national anthem beforehand. And for some odd reason, you know, I was, I was listening to it, whatever. And, you know, you've heard the words a million times. I was about 15 or 16. And, uh, and I realized that it ends in a question. And I'd never realized that before. Did you even realize that? Do you know what ends in a question? No, I didn't. And you know what? Now I have to go and listen to it again. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I would say, does that, does that star-spangled banner yet wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave? It's a question. It is. You know, you're absolutely right. And uh, I had that realization and and it wasn't like a, a bolt of lightning or anything, but it was like, wow. And I started thinking about that and I started thinking, you know, this was, this was 1985 and, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan was president and uh, the day after it played on TV, I don't know if you've uh, ever heard of that. Uh, it was this big, scary miniseries about nuclear war with Russia and you know, it's the Red Scare oh, and all that I, stuff. That's absolutely remember that. That movie freaked me out. So the you Cold know, War it was yeah. at like you know was really peaking back then, and I I started to think, oh, okay, well, nobody's replaced our flag, so yeah, it still waves over over America. Why hasn't somebody? Why hasn't somebody rolled in here and taken over? Well, because people that serve in the military. Um, you know, are we still the land of the free and the home of the brave? I started thinking of all these these questions surrounding that. 
And uh, so that's when I kind of decided, you know, after after kicking it around for a while, I decided I was going to join the military. Uh, and then I joined the Marines because of that goddamn blacksmith commercial. Oh, that <laughs> was, was the best one, you know. That was a great one. I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. that was like the 80s were like, they were crazy. Like, you know, the BOE can be with the Army and, the, and that kind of stuck in my head. I was always, the Army was always stuck. And, you know, I, I never really thought about the Marines. I was more of like, hey, you know what? I saw Platoon. I saw uh, the Rambo movies. I was like, oh, the only thing I really ever knew was the Army. Mm. But like, you know, the Marines, I'm like, wow, it's like hardcore. Well, it, it it seemed to be to me, you know, like I was like, uh, I was about, I don't know, 115 pounds soaking wet back then, you know, I was, I was like a tiny little kid and I thought, but I was a joker, you know, I thought, well, what'll really freak out my friends, <laughs> you know, uh, that's awesome. and plus, plus I knew I needed a kick in the, a kick in the butt, you know, so, uh, so I picked the Marines just to kind of, uh, shake things up. Now, were you always in acting and music and everything before you went into the Marines? Yeah, I was, uh, well, I mean, not professionally, but, you know, growing up, uh, we had this great community theater and I did a lot of theater in school and, and, um, and at the, you know, do summer, summer stock and things like that at the local theater. Um, and I played in bands, you know, gosh, ever since I guess my freshman year in high school, I had my first band. And, um, so I was always playing music and, uh, you know, and I, I actually carried that into the Marines as well. I, I, had a, I had a couple bands in the Marines. What'd you do in the Marines? I was an 0431 Logistics and Embarkation Specialist. Wow. With uh, HMLA-167. So I worked S4. That's S4 in the Marine Corps. Yeah, so I, I, that's S4 in most of the, I think the Army had the same type okay, of thing. Cool. With log pack and all that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So you get out of the Marines and all, I, you know, I was reading your bio and all of a sudden you, you're, you end up on a punk rock scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I went to New York to be an actor. So I got out of the Marines in 90, uh, right on the, in the, the roll up to uh, desert storm or desert shield, I should say. Uh, so I stopped, I kept my stuff packed in case I got called up, you know, cause I was still on inactive reserve, but, um, went to New York and, uh, moved in with my girlfriend at the time. And, uh, you know, got a job scooping ice creams. That's the only people who were hiring. But um, I was going to try and be an actor. I did a little stand-up comedy because, you know, you could, uh, if you brought two friends, you could get on stage in an open mic night, you know. So I did, used to do that for a while. And, but I really had no idea what I was doing as far as the acting goes. Uh, and I met some guy who was putting together a band. And, you know, I'd, like I said, I'd been, I'd been playing music for a while anyway. So uh, I decided to jump in with him. We were going to bring punk back in 92. What we didn't realize was that you know, West Coast had been happening for a while already. Green Day and all these other bands started to hit. Uh, so we were kind of behind the curve. But we uh, we played together for, with a, a couple of mix-ups, or mixes, you know, changes in lineup. We, we I played with uh, these guys about a decade. And, uh, you know, took it as far as we could take it. You know, we used to play CBGB all the time and toured a little bit of the, the East Coast, you know, or rather, uh, you know, the Northeast. We'd play like up in Boston or out in Philly or... Uh, stuff like that, but it was basically, you know, a lot of New York City playing all the clubs there. It was a great time. That's awesome. Then, did you stick together like the veteran community back then, or you kind of got reintegrated later on? It wasn't until much later. It wasn't until I came out to Los Angeles um, that I kind of rediscovered that community. Uh, number one, I think, because I wanted to, uh, I felt like I wanted to do something to support 
you know, the men and women who were, who were serving in the, in the war on terror. Um, I mean, I served in a support role while I was in. So, you know, I don't know. I was just in my blood, I guess. I just, I wanted to keep serving in, in a support role of sorts, you know? So I got involved with some, some organizations, uh, like, uh, Operation Mend and, uh, Gallant Few and, um, you know, uh, Gary Sinise has always been a big, uh, hero of mine and seeing the work that he does all the time. I just, uh, decided to try and get involved wherever I could. And I ended up, uh, with v, v, VFT, Veterans in Film and Television, which is now VME, they've had a name change, Veterans in Media and Entertainment. But I was in uh, in the very beginning of that as well. Yeah. You know, uh, Gary's a, Gary Sinise is a huge, huge idol of mine now. And, you know, I think I, I find a lot of us older veterans, you know, I was uh, pre-9-11, but then I was one of those uh, individual ready reserve guys that got called up out of the blue. <laughs> So it, it does happen, but yeah. yeah, you know, I find a lot of us, you know, we want to give back later on and that's kind of like a big thing about who we are. It's, I think it's just, I don't know if it's the service part of us and we, we kind of always have that, that veteran in us that just wants to help. So it's really cool. Yeah. And as, I think, go ahead. No, you go. You go I was just going to say, I think that's definitely part of it. And it's also, I mean, at least for me, it was, you know, um, after 9-11, you know, I can, uh, you know, you want to do something. And I didn't, you know, I didn't sign back up or anything. So, I mean, you know, part of me, I guess, uh, always felt like, well, you, you got to do something, asshole. <laughs> you can't just, you can't like, just let everybody else do the heavy lifting, you know. I, I notice a lot of that. You know, um, I see like Rob Riggle. I think he went back in or he was a reservist. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot in the, a lot in the community. It's really cool, and I like this this new. Uh, it seems like there's a whole new generation in the acting community that are veterans, which is really neat. Yeah, there's a big influx. I think uh, VME is a big part of that. They see, um, you know, word gets around that that people are making their way, and I think even folks that perhaps, uh, you know, for me it was it was pretty much all I ever wanted to do. But uh, I think we're even getting some some folks who, you know, are just like, oh, wow, that that person's doing it. Or, you know, they see somebody like, you know, Vinny Vargas, who's just crushing it, you know, or 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 um, Jennifer Marshall or Alan Petrucheski or anybody, you know, who's being successful, showing some success in the industry. And they're like, wow, I could do that. You know, I could do that. So yeah, exactly. Cool. It's really yeah. cool. So you're um, you end up in L.A. How does that? I mean, was it like a huge transition? Were you married at the time? Oh yeah, that was a that was kind of a it was kind of a weird deal. Cause I, like like I said, I'd been playing music for a lot of years. As a matter of fact, I met my wife at CBGB. You know, we were playing we were playing there one night, and she came with a friend of the drummer's girlfriend, and we met for the first time and just hit it hit it off instantly, and you know, immediately started dating and moved in together, and we were married I think within a year and a half, um, and. Uh, so uh, when I decided that I wanted to be an actor again, uh, it was after 9-11 had happened and Band of Brothers was on at that time. And it had a really huge impact on me because not only, not only just how good it was, but, you know, looking at the scale of uh, the conflict that, that Easy Company was in and, and I was thinking, crap, we're, we're about to get into what could potentially be something on that big scale again. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, it, I felt like 
I was like, wow, there's important things, not just quality things, but important things coming out of Hollywood. And, uh, and I was pretty much, you know, done with my music career and I was looking for something else. And, and that was really, that really pulled at me. And I said, that's pretty cool. So I started kicking that around. And then in 2003, I guess it was, I heard that uh, HBO was going to do the Pacific. And I was like, man, they're doing Band of Brothers, but with Marines. <laughs> then I was like, oh boy. And then uh, I guess it was about 2004. You know, my wife and I had just bought a new apartment in, in Greenwich Village. Our son was a little over a year old. And, uh, and I sat her down at the kitchen table and I was like, look, um, would you mind putting your job and everything on hold? And so I can, so we can move to Los Angeles. I could try to go be, be an actor. Uh, yeah, it was a big deal. It It was one of those conversations where, you know, like, I mean, I'm looking at it, trying to look at it from her perspective and I'm like all serious and I'm never serious, you know? And I'm like, honey, we need to talk, you know? And like, I, I can only imagine what was going through her mind. You know, <laughs> it's never good. Like, we have to talk. <laughs> uh, so, so I, you know, I sat her down. I said, look, this is what I want to do, you know? And uh, she thought about it. We talked about it. You know, she's like, oh my God, really? Because we were just out in Los Angeles like a year earlier on, uh, you know, she was out there for business. She's in advertising. And I came with her and we were driving down the 405, you know, bumper to bumper traffic. And she's like, I could never live out here. <laughs> that was only a year earlier. So, uh, so when I sat her down and said, I wanted to move out there, you know, it was a, it was a big deal. I didn't know what she was going to say, but, uh, she agreed. And she was like, look, if this is what you want to do, let's do it. You know? Um, so we moved out to Los Angeles. We sold our apartment, which we had, we had just bought, um, moved out to Los Angeles, found a little house and I started going after it. You know, um, I was already working in voiceover. So I was kind of, you know, carrying over some of that work, which kind of helped sustain us. And we made a, we made a nice chunk of change on the apartment in New York. So we had a little buffer and, uh, Dana was able to stay home with our son and, and, uh, you know, until he got up to school age, which was nice for her and nice for both of us. And, um, you know, that's how I slowly started my career. Now, how do you, you know, that's one thing I, a lot of people I talk to, they always think they have the right voice for voice acting, like voiceover and stuff like that. Yeah. Now you obviously have it. Now, how do you, so is that something you just picked up or you kind of just one day I went, you audition and say, you know, I'm just going to check this out. Or, you know, is that kind of one of those things that I don't know. Well, it's Tell another thing. It's another thing that uh, I can thank my wife for, you know, after, uh, when I quit my band, that was, uh, you know, I was a little down because that was, that was everything to me. I was like, you know, we were going for the brass ring for almost a decade. And when that's, when you no longer have that and now you're just a bartender, you're like, well, what the hell am I going to do? You know? Um, and she said she had just gotten into advertising not long before that. And she was like, why don't you try voiceover? And I was like, Hmm, no, maybe. Yeah, why not? You know, and I, I found a, a class that was being taught by this fellow named Stuart Dillon. He was a teacher in New York. And um, I took this series of classes in the last, and for the last class, he brought in an agent from uh, Abrams Artist Agency to critique us, you know, like we'd all go in the booth and read and he'd like tell us what he thought. And basically the guy signed me right out of class. He was like, you know, I think you're really good. Come and see me, blah, blah, blah. So I went to see him at Abrams, you know, a couple of days later and, they brought me an audition for a few things and then they signed me. Um, so I was fortunate 
I don't know, I guess it's being in the right place at the right time and, and, and having, having what they're looking for, I guess. Yeah. So I guess I, taking that first step to actually go to a class too is probably a great. Yeah. Thing. Well, you know, there, there were, there were several of us, you know, so it's, it's, it's not, it's, yes, you got to take that, you got to take that first step. You got to show initiative. You got to be willing to get out there and, and train. But, you know, the class, there's about 15 people in the class. And I think two of us got, uh, got on board with Abrams. So there's, you know, you got to take the class and then you got to be good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> the, that's the truth. You got to hustle. It's always hustling. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your first big role? What you considered a big role? Kind of like, you know what? Hey, I'm actually acting. I'm oh, like, you mean uh, for on-camera stuff? Yeah. Uh, my first big role? I would have to say True Detective. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, but I mean, you've had some, you know, some uh, notable appearances like with yeah, sure. big time actors and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah True Detective's awesome. I mean, this season's like, I, you know, wow. I, I kind of think like a little bit better than the first season, but hey, that's just me. Hey, I like, I like to hear that. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this was my first heavy recurring role, you know, where, you know, several episodes and this yeah. and the other thing. And come on, I'm, I was working across from a two time Oscar winner. Which mm-hmm. is just, you know, it was incredible for me. Uh, but my first, well, you know, your first role is always like a super big deal, you know? Um, and that one kind of came as a fluke as well. It was, uh, I was working as, uh, a, I was basically doing glorified background work, but I was working for this military advisory company. And uh, we'd go into shows and, you know, you could do special ability stuff, you know, if it's like breaching a room or things like that, which I had to be taught by all the guys, you know, <laughs> all the <laughs> infantry guys that were in the group because uh, I was the air winger. But, um, but you know, I, I picked it up pretty quickly, at least uh, for, for Hollywood standards. And um, so we'd be working these shows and we were working 24 and I was just playing a military attache to this uh, one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or whatever. And somebody got fired. Some one of the one of the characters got fired. Not a main character, but uh, somebody who was working that day, uh, briefing the Joint Chiefs. They got fired, and I was already sag, you know, in the in the actors' union because of my voiceover work. So the director came around. He's like, "Okay, who's sag?" You know, and a bunch of us raised raised our hands. And so he's like, "Okay, you, 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 you." Picked up like about ten, twelve people, and he said, "All right, get them, get them the script." So they took us in a room one by one, and we did a read for the role right there, and I won it. So uh, they put me in front of ca- in front of a camera. <laughs> the d- director comes out. He's like, okay, thanks, everybody. Michael, come with me. And uh, they bumped me up from a major to a lieutenant colonel, put me in front of a camera, and that was my first role. Um, so, yeah, I was in the right place at the right time. But, you know, again, it's one of these situations where you got to be the best person for the job. Yeah, you got to yeah. hustle. I mean, I, I call it hustle, but it's actually just like you got to work, and you got to yeah, you know, and you got to know you what you have. You got exactly, and you got to you got to have that. You got to have talent. Um, yeah, exactly, because you know, like I said, there were there were eleven other people trying to get that that job right there, and uh, I was able to win it, so I was happy. Now, how do you stay on top of it? I mean, is this kind of like one of those things where you know, hey, I got to hit the gym every day. I got to prep for these roles. I got to work on my voice. I got to study. Uh, I mean, I don't work on my voice, um, but uh, I do work out. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's it's a little uneven sometimes because uh, either you know, I get lazy or, or I, 
you know, hurt, tweak my back doing deadlifts or something. So I'm old, man. I'm 50. Uh, but, <laughs> I'm getting uh, there, brother. But I got, yeah, I got, uh, I got a setup in my, in my garage. It's where I am right now. I got a, you know, like a, a squat rack and all that and just kind of get after it. Um, and I do, as far as acting, I still, you know, I work out on Tuesday nights. I'm with a group called Lacey Group, uh, headed up by an actor named John Lacey, who you would, if you, you know, check them out on IMDb, you'd recognize me. He's been on like a million shows. Uh, and he kind of takes us through scenes every week. You know, we just work with other actors. We choose scenes to do and we just, you know, go at it, trade impulses and and uh, and go for a bold expression, you know. Um, and it kind of keeps you sharp. So that's how I stay uh, in shape with with uh, with acting. And then, you know, when the auditions come in, you you know, you just you do your prep and you you either go in or nowadays more and more times you're you're taping from home. So uh, you know, I'll set up the camera and my I'll read with my wife and lay it down, send it off to to casting, and hope you hope you get something. You know, <laughs> that must be very. Uh, it's kind of like up in the air. You must have this like really cool like. Uh that feeling, that nerve feeling like, am I going to get this? Is it going to be the next big thing or? Well, you know what? It used to be like that. Like it used to be every audition that would, that would come in. I, you know, I'd be like, well, how come I haven't heard anything? You know, well, because you don't hear it if you don't get it. (laughs) They don't call you to say you didn't get it. You only hear about it if you did get it. Um, But now it's like, I don't even, I don't even think about them anymore. I mean, I'd go insane if I, if I, wondered if I got every role, you know, for me, it's about how well I did in the room or, you know, when I was doing the self tape or how happy I was with the final product product. If I, you know, if I cut my own self tape. Um, but when I go to, uh, you know, to visit a casting director to read, it's all about what I do in the room. Um, after that, you know, I, there's nothing, it's out of my control. So I don't even, I don't even think about it anymore. Um, True Detective was a really big deal for me because just because I love the the franchise, you know, the series is so well respected and it's it's such high quality um, that I was really excited to get the audition. But you know, frankly, I didn't I didn't even think I got it when I left. Like I thought, yeah, I did a good job, but when I was in that waiting room waiting to go in, I the the, the caliber of actors that were waiting to go in i was like oh my god there's the guy from <laughs> sopranos that that guy had his own tv show there's that guy i'm like oh my god what the hell am i doing here you know now, um, what was that called like when you got it that was crazy that was crazy i was in uh i was in vegas at shot show when my uh my wife and i go every year you know and, and uh my manager calls me he says look I don't usually call you until it's for certain, but I need to, I need to know your availability, you know, for, for this month, this month, this month. I said, why? He goes, you're on you're, you're he's like, you're, you're one of the choices for true detective. I said, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I swear to God, I think I almost like, I, th- I think I almost lost it a little bit. Like I got emotional because it was just, um, it was a huge validation for me, you know, and for the work I'd been doing, mm-hmm. uh, like trying to, you know, I was kind of stuck in, in co-star land, which, you know, for, for those who don't know, co-star is like the lowest level of speaking role. You know, if you say one thing up to a few things, you're a co-star. And then you get, you know, like a guest star is like, that's the next level up. It's more money and it's more prestige and it's more, you know, it's, it's a bigger role. It's usually, you know, uh, the guest star 
like let's say you're on NCIS as a guest star. Oftentimes, when you're on that, when you're on a show like that, the guest star affects the plot. You know, something okay. major is about that character, even though it's not one of the characters you see every week. It's just somebody you never seen on the show before. But it's like you know, maybe it's the murderer, or maybe it's the the husband of the victim who's you know distraught and and and, and has a major impact on the storyline. So that's like a guest star role. So I was kind of stuck in co-star roles. You know, I'm like the the Marine at the at the roadblock talking to the guy, or I'm the sheriff who's pulling the guy mm-hmm. over. And, so, you know, and uh, I was stuck there for years. And I was like, well, what the hell? How come I'm not getting guest star opportunities? Like, I wasn't even getting auditions for guest stars. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe, I'm only doing get, maybe I'm only doing co-star work. You know? So that, yeah. was, an eye, that was an eye-opener for me. I'm like, maybe I'm only doing good enough work to get co-stars. So I said, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change that. I'm going to, I'm going to get back into training. And that's when I found the Lacey group. Cause I wasn't training before that. I was just kind of coasting on raw talent. And, and, uh, you know, the, the, when I first came out to Los Angeles, I spent about two years intensively studying, you know, with, uh, with, uh, uh Vincent Chase, not the character from, uh, Entourage, <laughs> but, but the actual guy, he's like 90 years old. Um, Anyway, uh, I studied with him for like two years straight and then I figured I was ready, you know, and I started working, but, but then I didn't keep training. So I just kind of plateaued and I just had a bunch of co-star roles. So like I said, I, I, I wanted to up my game. So I got back into training and, uh, with the goal of, of getting some guest star roles. So after a couple of years of working again or work, you know, working on my craft, uh, I was able to start getting guest star roles. And then I got that, that, uh, that true detective heavy recurring role as uh, special agent John Bowen. And that was just, like I said, it was, it was such a huge validation for me knowing that I had put in the work and like the goal and had set a goal of just being a better actor. And that was like, all right, that was the proof. I was like, okay, man, I am, I'm getting better. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so, uh, and I'm really happy with how, with how it came out. So. No, and you know, as I watch it, I, I like to look because I'm a I'm law enforcement for like 19 years now. I like to look at you know how the mannerisms are. And you, I mean, you did a great job, man. I'm the, well, as thanks. a layman, just as like you know, looking at it as like an LEO, you did really good. And that's what I'm like. I was like, man, I gotta get this guy on. I'm like, you know, I'm like, and Jennifer, I'm trying to get Jennifer's coming on next week. Great. Uh, I'm chatting with Vince all the time now. Him and I are always talking. And yeah, man, I'm really excited for you. Thank you, uh, I think this is really kind of like, you know, you know, I kind of look up to you big time as it was, but as far as like, you know, That's kind being of a veteran, being in the acting community and actually making something, doing it, you know, it's, it's, that's inspiring to me. And that's kind of one of the big things about this, uh, the podcast is trying to people find people who have these inspiring stories. Like you're like, you know, a Marine, you know, you, you hustled, you work hard and you're, you're actually, you're making it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, it's funny. I, I was telling somebody the other day uh, who, you know, it was, it was somebody, that, a couple that my wife knew through work and we went out to dinner and, and they were asking me about my career and they'd seen True Detective. And they said, so, you know, you, you seem to be, you know, how, where would you say you are in like, you know, in your career? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm a working actor. I, I said, I don't know, you look at my IMDb, I probably got, I don't know, it's like 22 credits or something. And they pulled it up. They're like, dude, you have 46. I was like, Oh yeah, I get by. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm working actor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because you know your eyes are always ahead. You know, I don't, um, 
uh, I don't tend to, to, to count all the, all the little successes. And, and, and I kind of made a mental note to myself to, I need to do that every once in a while. I need to check in and look at all the, look at the career I've built. You know what I mean? With, yeah, it was a lot of co-star roles, but that's, I guess, you know, that's how you pay your dues, man. Yeah, so, you learn. I mean, it's like exactly. anything else. Like, you don't you don't truly become a professional unless you've been an amateur before. Oh, I know that, and I, you know, but yeah. it was just funny how, uh, you know, I, I guess when things slow down, you know, because sometimes you know, it, it, there's peaks and valleys in in I'm sure in every career, but especially mm-hmm. in acting, you know, things are slow. Then you know, last night I had to put myself on tape for three different roles, you know, and I'm like. Yeah. Okay. You were you were crying. You didn't have any auditions. Now you got three. You got to do tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, so uh, yeah. When it rains, it pours. But I, I think uh, it was an important note to myself to just kind of take stock every once in a while and look back at at the successes and say, you know what? All right. You know, you 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 know you you're all right. You just keep you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep going. Now, do you have anything coming up recently, or any any projects you want to you want to hype? Uh, no, that's why I was bummed out last night before I got those auditions, but <laughs> no, every, everything that I've shot has been, has aired in my last, uh, I think the last thing is true detective and, and, uh, SWAT was recently and seal team were my most recent, uh, roles. But, uh, you know, right now I'm just out hustling, trying to get that next gig. So that's really cool. Or now, is there any, now you mentioned the, what's it? The, um, the veteran organization you're with acting. Yeah, VME. VME. VM. Yeah, Veterans in Media and Entertainment. They're great. Any anybody that's interested in uh checking out or considering a, a job in the entertainment field, I'm not talking just actors, I'm talking about, you know, everybody, whether you're an electrician or uh cameraman, director, writer, makeup artist, whatever. If it's if it's a job in the industry you know, you, you, you can join VME and find uh-huh. out more about it. So check them out at vmeconnect.org. So it's, uh, you know, Victor, Mike, Mike, uh, echo, right. It's been a while. I Victor, know. Mike echo. <laughs> All right. about it uh, I almost said Michael. That's funny. <laughs> Victor, Michael echo, uh, vmeconnect.org. And, uh, you can sign up. I think it's like, it's like a $25 processing fee or something, but then you remember, um, no matter where you live in the country, if you want to uh, keep tabs uh, on the, the website and find out about what you want to do, you go ahead and do that. Um, other than that, the, uh, I'll link oh yeah, the please do, please do. They're, they're a great organization. And of course, you know, uh, we just wrapped up Run Ranger Run for, for Gallant Few. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the orgs in the Gall- Gallant Few umbrella VME and Gary Sinise Foundation are always, are always the ones uh, who will get my support. Yeah, definitely. I just bought his book. And now I, I'm trying to track him now so I can get a, a signed copy in person. <laughs> there you go. That's Gary's a great thing. guy. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. So, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Is there any words of encouragement you have for, for people trying to, you know, especially veterans and LEOs trying to break into the acting, acting gig? That'd be awesome if you want to put out a couple of things. I'll say this. Um, first of all, uh, if if there's nothing else you'd rather do, if there's nothing else you could see yourself being happy doing, then yeah, go for it and and put everything into it. What I would say though is, there's a lot of people that you know roll in to Los Angeles, you know, with their last few bucks, and uh, you know, are hoping they're going to get discovered. One thing it's not is a lottery. So uh, do your 
do your research, find out, or, you know, find out what acting method works for you. Look into, you know, different teachers, Stanislavski and Meisner, uh, Stella Adler, whoever. Read up on these different styles, see what resonates with you, and then dive into that, research that. Uh, find some, do some things locally, wherever you're from, before you make any kind of move to Atlanta or New York or Los Angeles, because uh, these places will not only drain your wallet, they will drain your soul. <laughs> so, so be ready, you know, uh, have your armor on and, uh, and be ready when you make the move um, and get involved with VME because there's a lot of uh, great uh, resources there. Yeah, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of life is networking and, and finding and it's even if it's not to get a job, but, you know, listen to your interviews, get some advice from those who have done it. So, yeah. Yeah. Really and I, cool. I will say this, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I, I have Twitter slaved to one of those, but I, I'm not really on Twitter that much. So if, you know, if you're a veteran, you're considering the industry, yeah, reach out to me. I don't always get back to you right away, but I'm, I'm pretty quick. The best way is through my Facebook page, and that's actor actor Michael Broderick on Facebook. So yeah, I'll definitely put that on there too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on, Michael. Jason, it was a real pleasure, man. Thanks for asking me to come on, and I'm happy to talk to you and your listeners.